to One Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. And for more information, please visit us on the web at onechurch.net. Well, good morning, One Church Park District family. Happy Sunday to you wherever you're at today. I hope you're having uh, an incredible day. And uh, shout out to everybody in House Church today. I know this is our first time in House Church all month. So I hope you're feeling a sense of reunion with your House Church group. And uh, hopefully you've had some breakfast, some food, some fellowship time. And uh, I'm so glad that we can be together today as a church family, even though we're not in the same room physically. I'm so glad that we can connect uh, through technology and ultimately connect in the spirit uh, today and uh, come around the Word of God. And so I'm so blessed to get to speak to you today. Before we get into the Word, I'll just mention this, uh, that uh, next Sunday we're going to be back at the Winter Park Community Center, and I'm so excited to get to see you all. And then the following Sunday, July 10th, uh, we will be gathering for our Power Prayer Rally. So stay tuned with everything that's happening uh, on our website. But today, if you have your Bible, why don't you grab it with me? And uh, let's turn to the book of Joshua to start. And uh, later, I'll have you flip over to Ephesians. But I want to start in the book of Joshua. And uh, I want to speak probably today a word of encouragement, reviewing some of what we've uh, already gone over. We've been going through the book of Joshua for months. And I have to tell you, I know... Uh, hopefully your ADD is not kicking in. Hopefully you are enjoying it uh, because I really believe that God is speaking to us in our situation. And um, the Lord's already put something on my heart for next Sunday. But I, I want to speak a word of encouragement to you today. Uh, and, and if you like a title to a message or if you're a person that takes notes, uh, if you want to write a title down, you can call this message The Press to Possess. The Press to possess. And I want to talk to you today about the press or the effort or the fight to move into everything that God has for us. You know, the book of Joshua is really all about moving into the plan of God, the purpose of God. And I want to look back at Joshua chapter 1 today. It's, it's the first chapter, of course, in the book of Joshua. We've already gone over it, but I just felt like the Lord wanted us to go back to that today. And I want to read a little bit out of this uh, passage of Scripture. And it says this in, in Joshua chapter 1, verse 1, After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Listen to this. Now, therefore, go over this Jordan, you and all this people, to the land which I am giving to them, the children of Israel. Every place the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given to you, as I said to Moses, from the wilderness and this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, and to the great sea, toward the going down of the sun, shall be your territory. So God is saying to Joshua, I want to remind you, there is a land that I have promised to you. I've promised it to Abraham. I've promised it to Moses. And I want to tell you, the promise still stands. I've got a place for you. And if you know the story of the Old Testament, they describe it as a place flowing with milk and honey. 
It's a picture of abundance and blessing and the goodness of God. Ultimately, it's a picture of all of the goodness of God that is given to us through salvation. And God is saying to Joshua, I want to remind you, there is a land, there is a place. And I want to say the same thing to you today, that there is a place that God has for every single one of you. Ultimately, I know the fullness of that is to come in eternity. We will experience the fullness of it. But there's a place that God has for you. We started out this year talking about the year of goodness. And I want to tell you, the goodness of God still stands. I don't know if you need to hear that today, but the goodness of God still stands for your life. Here we are, the end of June. Uh, the end of the first half, it's, a lot of, it's easy for a lot of people to be real optimistic at the beginning of the year. Everybody's new year, new you, a lot of excitement. But let me ask you this, are you still filled with excitement? Are you still filled with expectation? Are you still uh, expecting good things from God, not just this year, but in your life? There is a place that God has for every single one of us, a place of blessing, a place of joy, a place of peace, a place of provision, a place of abundance, a place of increase and multiplication. And that is spiritually, but that does manifest in our lives. I hope you have a vision for a place I hope you have a vision for a place in your family, perhaps if you're married, in your marriage, a place if you have children, a place for your children. Maybe you don't have children, but you long to have children. I hope there's a vision in your heart. Uh, maybe it's in business. There's a, a vision that God has given to you for a business. Maybe you've stepped out into it, or, or maybe you've yet to step into it. There is a place. Uh, there is a place, uh, perhaps it's in ministry, that you feel stirring in your heart. I just want to tell you, the goodness of God still stands. The promise of God still stands. The blessing of God still stands. God says to Joshua, remember, there's a place and I want you to cross into it. But then listen to what he says uh, in verse five. He says, no man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and of good courage. And he goes on again to repeat that. Be strong and of good courage. So I want you to know not only is there a land, but there is also opposition. There is opposition. Uh, he says, uh, be strong and of good courage. Now, I, how many of you know, and obviously that's a, uh, you know, you can't answer that question, but I hope you know that uh, there will be opposition in life. You don't, God doesn't command you to be strong unless there's some things that you're going to have to overcome. He doesn't command you to be courageous unless there's some things that you're going to have to be courageous to overcome. And he was saying to Joshua, there is a land, but there's also going to be opposition. So I want you to be strong and courageous. He says, no man shall be able to stand against you. Now, God was telling Joshua, even in the promise and the reminder of the promise, he was also giving him a warning. There will be opposition, but they won't be able to stand against you. Now, just because they couldn't stand against him didn't mean they wouldn't rise up. And the same is true for every single one of us that not only does God have a place, but there is opposition. There are things that if you want to move into 
the good things that God has for you, there is some things that will oppose you. There are some things that will stand against you. Well, attempt to stand against you. They can't stand, but they will rise up. There are some things that will rise up in opposition. Maybe fear will rise up. Maybe condemnation will rise up and you feel condemned over your mistakes. Maybe inadequacy. I'm I'm not good enough. I don't have what it takes. Insecurity. What will people think of me? Maybe a sense of rejection. You know, people have rejected me and, and I don't have what it takes. I'm not the kind of person that can move into this. Rejection can rise up. Temptation can rise up. Uh, you know, things that would give the allure of something better, make a promise that they can't deliver on. Temptation can rise up. Lack can rise up. You feel, I don't have what it takes. God, I know you've called me to something, but I don't have what it takes to move into that. Confusion can rise up. Uh, maybe there was a vision that felt clear even at the beginning of this year, a vision that felt clear, but now you're halfway in and you're in the middle. You're in the messy middle and confusion can begin to rise up. God, did you call me to this? Um, I don't even know. What's the next step to take? Confusion can rise up. The past can rise up. Things from the past, problems from the past, things that you thought were behind you, maybe character issues that you thought were a thing of the past, and now it can rise up against you. Sickness can rise up. You may have to battle sickness. I know as many people have, and even within our community today, there's many people that are battling sickness. Um, These are all things that rise up. And I want to tell you today, don't be surprised if you face problems. Don't be surprised if you face opposition. Here's the good news. Only things that are moving forward face resistance. So if you're facing resistance, here's the good news. You are moving forward. You are moving forward. Israel never faced giants until they started moving in to possess the land. And so if you've got a giant of lack, you've got a giant of insecurity, you've got a giant of rejection, you've got a a giant of even sickness facing you, uh, be of good courage. In fact, Jesus said it this way. In this world, John 16, 33, in this world, you will have tribulations. You will have it. Go ahead and write it down. Go ahead and expect it. Go ahead and prepare for it. You will have tribulations. Just because God has promised something to you doesn't mean life is easy. There is a press to possess. You've got to be willing to press. You've got to be willing to push through the opposition. In this world, you will have tribulation, but be of good courage. I have overcome the world. So here's the good news, that everything that rises up against you is already defeated through the blood of Jesus Christ, through the victory of Jesus Christ, through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. You have already won the victory through the blood of Jesus. That's why the Bible says, praise be to God who always leads us in triumph. The scripture says that we are more than conquerors. That means abundant conquerors. Not just like we barely won, like a football game you barely win. It's like a game that is absolute domination. And what God is saying is that through the victory of Jesus, every opposition that rises up against you has been totally defeated. 
I mean, it's not even a contest. It has been defeated. So what we are called to do now is to enforce the victory of Jesus Christ upon our circumstances. We're not winning the victory. It's already won. We're enforcing the victory that Jesus has won upon the cross. And through the power of the Holy Spirit, we can overcome these things. We can overcome every opposition that rises up against us. So how do we do that? Well, I want to turn over to Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6, because the Apostle Paul knew something that Joshua didn't fully understand. And I want to read this, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. Paul says, finally, brethren, be strong in the Lord. The same thing that God said to Joshua, Paul's saying to you, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles, the tricks, the tactics, the assault of the enemy. Listen to this. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. You see, Paul knew what Joshua did not, and that is that ultimately we're not fighting against people. We're fighting against an unseen realm of resistance, of spiritual forces, of darkness that are coming against us. And if you do not believe that those things are real, just set yourself to follow the Lord and you will begin to face those things. If you don't believe in spiritual resistance, uh, just make a decision. I'm going to do something for God. I'm going to make a difference with my life. I'm going to serve the Lord, not just in a passive way. I'm going to serve Him in a radical way. And let me tell you, you will begin to face the onslaught of the enemy. And that's what Paul is talking about. There's going to be resistance that will come against you from the unseen realm. And so I want to tell you today, uh, there may be people involved in your problems, but pro people are not the problem. The problem is spiritual resistance, and that's essential for us to understand because that helps us to understand where the fight takes place. The fight doesn't take place against people. Uh, people get engaged sometimes in conversations about politics. People get engaged in conversations about differing opinions and all of those kinds of things, and they fight against people. And God tells us here, it's not a physical fight, it's a spiritual fight that manifests in a physical uh, victory, a physical manifestation. So he says, uh, you have to learn to fight in the spirit, fight against the enemy. You've got to learn to press, to possess the purpose of God for your life. The thing that differentiates the people that experience the victory of God, the blessing of God, the goodness of God in their life is not the difference of what's available to them. The difference is what are they willing to press through to take hold of the promise of God for their life. And so I want to ask you, uh, are you willing to press through? As a church, I'm telling you, God has great things for us. I'm telling you, we've not even scratched the surface. Eye has not seen, ear has not heard the things that God has in store for us. God's got an incredible future for us. The question is, are we willing to press? Are we willing to press through? And so Paul tells us how we do that in verse 13. He says, Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand, stand. Listen to this. Therefore, 
uh, having girded your waist with truth. And here's what I want you to hear. These weapons, not only is there a land, a place that God has, a promise that God has, and there's opposition, but the good news is there are weapons. There are things that we can do to fight to take hold of what God has for us. And number one is this, the, that our, our weapon is truth. Our waist is girded with truth. Now, I think it's, it's interesting that the, the truth surrounds us. It, it is surrounding us. And we use the term now, that is our core. And people that are involved in exercise understand that there's a core strength. If you have strong arms and strong legs, but your core is weak, you can't stand. Uh, you, if your core is weak, everything is weak. And, and what Paul is saying is you need to gird your core with the truth. What is the truth? Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus is the truth. The Word of God is the truth. And it, when the world is swirling with confusion, we've got to have a place of truth that is surrounding us, that is strengthening us. I don't have time to give kind of a full explanation and exposition on all of these things. But the first thing is, he says, you've got to stand with truth. The second thing he says is that you've got to take the breastplate of righteousness. The breastplate of righteousness. Um, righteousness is right standing before God. And he says that you've got to stand with the breastplate of righteousness. What is that? That is the recognition of your right standing and good standing before God. Now, that doesn't mean that you are good. It means that you've been made good through the goodness of God. You've got right standing, righteousness before God. The Bible says about Abraham that he believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness. Although my righteousness is like filthy rags, I've been gifted the righteousness of God. I've been made righteous. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So when the enemy comes against me and says, who do you think you are, you dirty sinner? Guilty <laughs> in the natural, but I can say I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I want to speak that over you today. You are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And if you are feeling rejected, if you are feeling uh, in any way the opposition of the identity that God has given to you, you can say, I am not rejected. I am accepted through God because I am made righteous through the blood of Jesus. You've got to take not only the truth, you've got to take the breastplate of righteousness. And then he goes on to say that we are to have our feet shod with the preparation that comes from the gospel of peace. What does that mean? Feet shod. That means prepared, ready. Uh, you shod your feet if you're wearing shoes right now. When you put your shoes on, you were shodding your feet. I know that's kind of a old-fashioned sounding word, but it's preparing your feet. And it's with the preparation of the gospel of peace. That word peace in the Hebrew is the word shalom. It's, it's the presence of the peace of God. It's an absence of strife, an absence of striving. It means that, that everything is whole and the world is at peace, or at least you are at peace in the midst of the world. Uh, peace was what Jesus had when he was in the boat and the storm was coming against them and the disciples were freaking out. We're going to sink. Jesus was taking a nap. <laughs> Why? He had peace on the inside. 
And Paul says it this way, that we are to have our feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. That means this, that that you need to be standing in the place of peace. You can't fight in a place of striving, in a place of anxiety and worry. You've got to stand in the place of peace. Um, You know, our, our footwear, our shoes is essential for the activity that we're doing. You know, people that are working wear work boots. And in athletics, there's a whole footwear industry. Why? Because if your feet aren't right, you can't stand. And if you, if you can't stand, you can't win. And so what Paul is saying is you've got to stand in the place of peace. How do you do that? The Bible says this, great peace have they who love your law and nothing shall offend them. Nothing shall make them stumble. You stand in the place of peace by meditating and by filling your heart with the word of God until you come to the place where you say, I'm just standing in peace. I'm not anxious. I'm not worried. And so he says, you've got to prepare your feet with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. So number one, we've got to have truth, righteousness, peace. The fourth is faith, the shield of faith. He says, take up the shield of faith by which you may be able to extinguish all of the fiery darts of the evil one. And so he's saying that you've got to engage your faith. Some people have faith. Doctrinally, they've got faith. I believe the you know, doctrinal points, the Apostles' Creed, the Nicene Creed, the 16 fundamental truths or four cardinal doctrines. All of those things are good. But the question is, are you lifting up the shield of faith? Are you using your faith to stand against the enemy? When you are facing resistance, you get the call, um, a bad report from the doctor. You get the call, a bad situation with your family. The job falls through. The problem comes. Do you cower in fear? I know I've done that before, but I've also stood in faith. And if you want to live a victorious life, you've got to learn to lift up the shield of faith. Stand against the the work of the enemy, the lies of the enemy. Lift up the shield of faith. And then he says, the helmet of salvation that we are to... Put on the helmet, uh, take verse 17, the helmet of salvation. Now, all of these things are a part of our salvation, but I think it's interesting the location of our salvation on our heads. He's saying you you, you put your salvation on your head. You've got to get your head saved. You've got to protect your head with salvation. You know, when you get saved... Your spirit saved, your heart saved, you've been born again, but you've got to get your mind right. You've got to get your thinking right. That means that you've got to protect your thinking um, with your salvation. And one of the greatest places the, the enemy attacks us is in our thinking. You hear a worrying thought, you hear a bad report, you hear so-and-so said this, or even if they didn't say it, they acted this way, and the devil just hits you with a dart. And that's the, the primary place that the enemy wants to come against you is in your thinking. And so we've got to learn to put on the helmet of salvation, to cover our heads with, uh, with our salvation, with the goodness of God over our heads. And then lastly, he says this, uh, and take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, 
praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. And so the last thing is the word of God, the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Notice that the sword is or the word of God is our only offensive weapon. It is the only thing that we have ultimately that can drive back the opposition that we face spiritually. When you face those words that say, it's not going to work out. It's going to fail. You're going to fail. Um, you're not going to make it. What if this happens? What if that happens? You've got to take the word of God and you have to say, the word says, the word says. That's what Jesus said every time the enemy came against him. He said, it is written, it is written, it is written. And so you've got to learn to take the word of God. The, the word of God does no, no good on the shelf. It's got to get into your heart. It's got to get into your mouth. It's got to uh, get activated so that you can walk in victory. And I don't know what opposition you're facing today. I don't know where the enemy is trying to attack you, but I know he wants to attack you. He wants to hinder you. And I'll, again, I want to give you some encouragement. If you're facing opposition today, it, it means you're moving forward. And so maybe as you're in house church today, I want to encourage you to take some time just to evaluate is there opposition that I am facing? Maybe you need to share that with other people. Maybe in your house church today, you've got to say, guys, as I heard that, I realized here's where the enemy's coming against me. Here's where I'm weak. Here's where I'm vulnerable. Would you stand with me? Would you fight with me? And we need to learn to fight with one another. So stand against the opposition of the enemy. And maybe you also need to recognize, is there an area, uh, is there a weapon that I've not been utilizing? Is there something that I've got available to me in my arsenal of spiritual warfare that I've not been utilizing and I need to take that up. I've not been using the word of God. I've not been in the place of peace. I've not been engaging my faith. Take some time. Talk about those things. Evaluate those things because I believe God is going to lead us into victory and we're going to take hold of everything that God has for us. Can I pray for you today? Father, thank you for these wonderful people, people of faith, people of destiny, people that are moving into the purpose of God, the plan of God, the promise of God. And Father, I thank you, Lord, that you have good things for us. And Lord, I pray today, let there be an encouragement that comes into the hearts of people. Father, as we finish this half time, first half of 2022, Father, let there be a a renewed encouragement that comes into the hearts of people, where they've grown weary, where they've grown tired, where maybe they have allowed the enemy to push them back. Today, I speak victory. I speak uh, boldness. I speak authority. And Father, we thank you, Lord, that we will move into everything that you have for us. And so I speak your blessing over your people today. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Amen. Well, church, thank you so much for joining us today. Take some time to discuss it. Encourage one another. Pray with one another. We can't wait to be together next Sunday in July 10th, Power Prayer Rally. What are we doing? Man, we are training and we are fighting to take hold of everything that God has for us. So church, thank you so much for being with us today. I love you. God bless you. Can't wait to see you next Sunday.